Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Unpacking Creative Lives podcast. This episode, we talk to Kate. Kate Clenaris. Kate is a meditation teacher and she's based in Sydney. She's a founder of Project Soul and she runs meditation classes on Zoom on Wednesdays. I met Kate a few years ago. I actually was one of her clients to start in Project Soul. She really helped me through some very tough times. But separate from that, I just love her story. She's got a hustle heart, as I'd like to call them now, hustle hearts. I think we should put that as a hashtag. Just before we go ahead with the episode, I want to say thank you. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening. And thank you for leaving a review. It takes 30 seconds out of your day and it adds so much value to the podcast and exposure for anyone else who might want to listen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, here we go. One thing I noticed on your Instagram is that you're a baker. What advice do you have for people who want to be healthy, but just don't have the motivation to get into the kitchen? Yeah, um, just keep it simple. I'm not a really fancy in the hour in the kitchen for hours baker. Um, I like things that have about five ingredients in them, and I can be in and out in about half an hour. So, um, I guess my biggest tip is to find people online who have recipes that you really resonate with. So, if you can find certain websites um, or people that health food experts that release recipes. Um, because generally speaking, all of their food and recipes will have really similar ingredients. So back in the day when you have to go out and run to the grocery store for five new ingredients every time you make something, all my stuff is pretty similar. It all has the same sort of base ingredients of dates and almonds and oats and butter and it's all it's all same, same, really. So And then just repeat it if you love it and enjoy it and your family enjoys it. Um, you can cook it once a week. Do you meal prep? Um, no, no I, should. I should. I do in my head when I'm um, <laughs> when I'm at the I go to the farmers markets every week. So I do shop very seasonally. So that makes it a bit hard to meal prep. So it's kind of based on what I see at the markets and love and looks really good and is in season. And then I go home and then sort of come up with a very loose plan about what I'm going to do with those ingredients. But I have a lot of stuff on repeat, to be honest. Growing up in high school, you said that you didn't enjoy your school years. Can you tell me a bit about that? Um, I think I think just from the get-go of school, I just never really felt like I belonged, I suppose. And I just, now I sort of am exploring all of these different education options and things. Now I'm having kids. Um, I just look at all of the Montessoris and the Steiners and I just think, oh, I would have thrived um, in models like that. But I just think the traditional system just wasn't, it just wasn't for me wearing a uniform every day and being told what to do and it just, I don't know. And I think there was a real lack of belonging. I just never really felt like I belonged there. And when you're forced somewhere for five days a week for, gosh, how many years are you at school for? 13 or something ridiculous. Um, it's a really long time. So I got through it um, and I had friends along the way, but I just, I always knew it wasn't where I was meant to be. So I just knew once I could, I just wanted to leave so I could just get out into the world and, 
and find where I belonged and, and found what I wanted to do. And yeah, so it was pretty much survival for, for while I was there, which is probably the case for a lot of people. I think so. I think the reason why I wanted to touch base is because I think a lot of creatives may feel the same way in this sense of frustration. And it definitely does reflect the education system and how you've been nourished and fostered. And you mentioned you're a mother of two soon. Too soon. <laughs> one one and a bit at the moment. <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when we met a few months after I moved to Canberra in May this year, we were at a park and it was you and your baby boy. And I met you and you didn't have your phone on you or anything. You looked a bit tired, but not in a, not in a, not in a frustrated tired, just in a relaxed tired almost like here we are, this is it. And you were watching your child with such grace and so focused and present with him. It was really nice being around that. You know, it just felt very calming to be around that. I was like, that's a lot of attention. How important is motherhood to you? Oh, it's so important. It's the biggest job ever. And I think you can research and read and do all of the all of the things before you, you have a child, but nothing ever really prepares you. I made a decision quite early on that when I was going to launch myself into motherhood, um, I was just going to be all in. So I wanted it to be my number one job and I wanted to be there every day and enjoy it. And it's, um, it's a ride <laughs> and a half. Yeah. And presence is, is the thing. I want to be there um, to watch him grow and watch all those little changes every day and, and be, that, be that person for him. So, yeah. And it, it is what you make it, I think. You chose home birth as well. Can you walk us through your that day or two that you went through? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, did you wanna did you wanna know why I home birthed? I or you just wanna l- jump straight into it? You know, you take me wherever you want to go. I'm here <laughs> with you. Well, I guess most most people's curiosity is around why, like how? How did you even get there and, and why do you do it? And um the biggest thing people like most people say to me, oh, my gosh, you're so brave. You're so brave to do it at home. And I just say to them, I think you're so brave to go to a hospital <laughs> and birth to your babies. Hats off to you because I couldn't do what you do. So, yeah, very, very early on in my pregnancy and I was looking for all of the different options. And I think things change over the years too. So at the moment, if you birth in a public hospital, it's it's like schools, it's catchment. So you don't have a choice about where you go. So I originally wanted to go somewhere else to a birthing centre because I just, I'm not 100% in the Western medicine model um, for anything. Um, And then when I found out I couldn't, that really turned things upside down and I really had to start looking at all my different options. I just started looking and watching documentaries and, um, and Anth, my husband and I watched The Business of Being Born that was pretty much it for us. And it was actually Ant who was on board first. And he just looked at me afterwards and went, well, that's it. That's that's what we're doing. We're home birthing. And you told me that 
you were going to do home birth, I was so excited and scared. And there are some people who have faced negative experiences. Either they know someone or they themselves have gone through it through home birthing. And I guess my question is, did you face any negative pushback and how did you handle it? Um, I did. It wasn't, it wasn't, I guess, pushback. It was quite surprised from people and it was fear. I didn't know anybody. I've never met anyone that's home birthed. So um, I found from my experience that people's fear came from their own hospital births or people that they know who had a really negative hospital birth. And all of those stories, as I heard them come out after I'd made the, the decision, just locked in to me even further why I was choosing the path I was choosing with birth. But there's there's so much fear around birth and so much trauma and worry and people just sort of think, well, you have to do it in a hospital. There's just, there aren't any other ways. And, and that challenged a lot of people, which was a really interesting time. So I was so strong in my decision and I'd done so much research. And the other thing is most people come from fear about home birth who know nothing about it. You almost have to start educating people along the way about what the process is and they sort of just they go oh oh it is really safe and oh you do have oh my gosh you have that much care um because the care you get the continuity of care trumps hospital births a million times over I didn't even know any of that going into it so there's so much education but yeah there's a point where I had to really negate people's fear and I just had to not let it come near me um I would just listen curiously, I suppose, and just reassure them of why I was doing what I was doing. But I never took that fear on board because you can't. People's fear is their stuff. It comes from their own experiences um, and you can't start letting that stuff into your own life. I think that even though you have a calm nature, I have always felt like you have a very hustle heart. You know, you have a ve- you ha- your grit is strong and you're tough. That's the what I feel. And I feel like this gentleness is an added thing that's happened maybe later in life or yeah. something that Spot you had on. to learn. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. You totally nailed it. Yeah, I've never, I wasn't this calm my whole life. I really wish I was. And um, it's something I really hope I can teach my my boys as they grow up to inject some calm and understand that as they grow up rather than having to figure it out for themselves like I did in my 30s. Um, But yeah, I had a really stressful life of anxiety and depression and all sorts of ups and downs and hideous relationships. And um, it really took me until um, till my 30s to really start to explore myself and um, go on my own little journey of holistic health. And yeah, and now I'm here. It's amazing. (laughs) But I think that hustle is so important and pain and suffering is essential for you to get to where you are. Unfortunately, it's necessary. One thing I've learned recently in the last year is that all I need to know is the next step. Absolutely, 100%. And that's what I'm always teaching my clients, always, because it's so easy to go into future self and worry and panic, but you don't need to worry about that. It's right, what's the next thing I can do? I want to talk about hospitality. I truly believe 
the greatest life lessons come from working as a waitress. Oh my gosh, absolutely. You just learn everything you need to know about life and you can pretty much transition into any career path at all after you've worked in hospitality, especially if you're running your own business. That customer contact or client contact that you have that you learn in your hospitality days is just gold. The years that you were single. Oh gosh. What was <laughs> what was solitude like for you during that time? What did you learn during that time being on your own? Yeah, solitude is I love solitude and I'm I'm an introvert um, down to my core. Um, I become extroverted when I need to or um, when I'm passionate about something, but most of the time I'm happy to be um, in my little in my little cave, which is why I live by myself most of the time. I just I loved it. Life was just all about me, and I think that's awesome to have before you have kids because once you have them, that's it. Life's not about you anymore. But yeah, but, but then there was terrible loneliness. The biggest challenge I think was when all of my friends were meeting um, their life partners and. So I was going to weddings all of the time and I was starting to have kids and I just, I wasn't, I wasn't there. Um, and there, there came a point where I really wanted to be there and I just, I couldn't. You, you can't go and find your soulmates when you just go, okay, I'm ready. So, yeah, there are a few really tough years. Anth came into your life before all those single years and then he came back around. And tell me what was the difference this time around? I think in our early 20s when we were dating for a year and a half, we were just we were just young. We had so much fun together and we still talk about all of our memories, but it was never going to go down the life partner track back there. So I suppose meeting, I think it was seven years later, um, we've both just grown up a lot, I suppose, and we were ready for each other. And we were sure, I think that was the biggest thing, we were 100% sure that we were meant to be together because all during that seven years, on and off, both of us admit we were still thinking about each other. No one quite measured up to the connection that I had with him. We talked about your home birth and how people were saying that you're so brave to do it, but then you would say you're brave to go into a hospital because I couldn't do that. And that reminds me so much of how people who are quote unquote going against the grain are not, they just can't physically do what is supposed to happen. And it makes me think about how you do go against the grain by default. You're, you have your own studio retreat and your backyard that you created and um, built you had your wedding in your backyard and your reception in your backyard you birthed your child in your retreat studio your interior home space is incredibly unique it doesn't seem like you've ever really been with the status quo and that's not from deliberately going against the state. No, that's not for being a rebel because I was totally, I'm totally not a rebel. I'm totally a goody (laughs) two-shoes. Those things feel right. And I think that's, I've just, and I I guess now talking back to school, that's exactly why I hated school because that's totally not what I was about. I knew things were always supposed to be different. And I think I've always questioned things. My mum has told me that before I was a why child I think I just always 
look at what feels right and what doesn't and then just go with it. I do I I really do a lot of research around things as well before so there's there's a balance I guess of intuition and what what doesn't feel right normally is where it starts like no I don't want to do that. No I don't want to work 9 to 5 for somebody else. No I don't want to birth in a hospital. And then I go okay cool. So what are my options? So then I sort of deep dive into what my options are and then it's my intuition that takes over that goes that feels right that's what I want to do when you talk about what feels right it makes me think about Martha's Martha Beck's book she said in her book that integrity feels in the body like relaxation and what does feeling right feel in your body for me it's it's like that pit of the stomach soul feeling and I just know it when I know it Um, and I work with that with things that also don't feel right so sometimes I need to test it um, and when something doesn't feel right I feel that in my heart and my heart starts to speed up and it just I feel a bit yuck and a bit sick. I'm so glad you mentioned what doesn't feel right because I think that can navigate enough. It takes a lot of practice and learning about what does feel right like intuition we're born with it and then it's smacked out of us and then you really have to deep dive yourself to find it again finding that feeling is really challenging um, and it's something I work with my clients with but yeah to start with it's what because everyone knows what doesn't feel right when they start to look for it you posted a photo of a book and the message of the importance of being fully responsible for your life. So that's fully mind, body and spirit. And so could you tell me more about that? What does it mean to be accountable of your suffering instead of seeking help during a time where only you can help yourself? Things happen to you in your life that maybe other people cause and everybody experiences that from mild to totally traumatic. At the end of the day, it's it's your life. You you really have to get a, a handle on it and, and find what works for you. Um, I always sort of go by the philosophy of not regretting something. I don't want to look back in years to come and go, oh, I really wanted to do that and I just, I was too scared or or it just wasn't the right time or whatever it is. So that kind of helps me um, navigate things. But it really is up to you. Um, and even when you do seek help, which is so important, seeking the right people that resonate with you and who are like-minded um, to help you through your journey, you still have to do all the hard work. So it's not just a matter of trying to just pay somebody and offload all your problems and, and then you feel better. Um, you still have to do the nitty gritty if you want to sort of come out the other side and and enjoy your life and make the right decisions. You studied interior designing and then you started your man cave uh, interior designing company. I'm curious to know about how space matters to you and your spirit. Mm. Well, your space is, is yours it's where you spend all of your time and it can it's such an energetic thing without getting too woo woo um if you live in a crowded cramped cluttered place 
it's a reflection of your mind. How you want to live has to be reflected in what your space looks like and feels like. Um, that's not where I started off in interior design. I just wanted to make things beautiful and I just loved furniture and lighting and, and, and transformation. What is your approach to meditation? Um, it's really relaxation-based. So it's not, um, and it's really, for me, the foundation is really stress management. Um, so it's the meditation I learnt and I've been trained in, it's not attached to any particular religion or philosophy. Um, and all of those, there's a million different types of meditations out there depending on which direction you want to go. Um, I suppose I wanted to create something that's for anybody. So I really just wanted to create something for the everyday person who gets stressed and worried and anxious, a place for them to come and just breathe and, and just resonate and relax and, and learn techniques for themselves. So it's not just about attending a class every week. It's hopefully learning, learning some techniques that can be used when you've got road rage or when you're getting really frustrated in the supermarket line behind someone really slow or there's someone in your life that's really irritating you or anything, absolutely anything, or you're just cranky or you're tired or your, your body hurts and you just want to kind of explore that. So it's, um, I guess my meditation is really about connection, connection to self, um, to mind, body and soul but it really is about relaxation. Last week when we did the meditation, I felt a color in the heart chakra. I saw a color and I saw green. Wait, no, did you say green? I said green. You said green. Okay, so this is, I thought that was really cool because I actually thought about that a few days later. And I wonder why you brought color into the meditation. Everybody experiences meditation really differently. Um, traditionally, chakra meditations, it is attached to colours. Um, so traditionally, you, that's what you use. Um, but people are really visual in different ways. Um, so it's really nice. And there's some people that might not have been able to see that colour at all, and that's totally okay. It's just sort of there for if it resonates with people. Some people might not be able to visualise and see something in their mind, but they might be able to feel it in their body. They might be able to hear or smell and have different sensory experiences within that one meditation and everyone experiences it differently. So it gives people options of what they can, I guess, tap into and concentrate on. How important is community in a very physical sense? in your local community versus community on social media or across the world? Um, well, gosh, that's changed a lot lately, hasn't it? <laughs> because up until recently I would have said, oh, it's all about face-to-face -face and it's all about that connection in person and, and it's actually not the case. And to be very honest, I was so resistant to online meditation classes. It kind of is what you make it. So once you kind of get out of that headset, <laughs> Um, of resistance we're human beings we're designed um, evolutionary to to be in contact with each other um, that's how we exist and have survived so long and I would never have thought that meditation and um, 
and working with my clients would have worked over Zoom, but it does. You just make it work. What are you most excited about? Um, getting out of lockdown <laughs> and seeing those friends again. Yeah. Kate, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the podcast. You helped me during a time when nobody else knew what I was going through and when I still, till this day, it was the worst year of my life and you saved me and brought me back and I am forever grateful and so thankful that you showed up exactly how you are for that time. So thank you so, so, so oh, much. Thank you for finding me and reaching out. It was meant, it was meant to be all of these experiences. Are, I was here doing what I was doing and, and you knew what you needed and you felt that resonation. Um, that resonated with me. So it was just divine timing and a lot of work on your part. So <laughs> hats off to you too. You came out of that year because of all the hard work that you did. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Kate. Thanks for having me. All right. What did you think? Great, right? Ugh. Tell me, do you agree? Do you disagree? What do you agree or disagree about? I want to know everything. Just let me know on Instagram at I am Barney Preet. Or you could leave a comment on our YouTube channel. I'm right there where the conversation's at. And you've heard it here first. Hashtag hustle heart.